Amen. You can be seated. I, uh, I have to say I absolutely just love worshiping here with all of you. It's one of the highlights of my week. Um, in your worship folder, uh, there is a, a space in your worship folder for notes. There's also an outline. There's a lot of verses on it, and I will explain that um, in a little bit, but there's some things for you to follow along with there. But before we jump in, um, I would like to announce something. Um, starting in November, we're going to do a four-week series. And the purpose for this series, one of the purposes for this series, will be to get as many people as possible into the small group setting, to get into a journey group. So um, go ahead and put that that slide up. Um, Here's what we have this week and next week, and I think probably the third, the the following week too. Um, We're going to have a sign up for host homes. So here, a host home is if you're not in a group and you'd like to be in a group, you have two options. You can join a group or you can just be the host and start a group. Very simple to do. Um, all you'll need to do is there's a... Go ahead and wave, Julie, right back there, the hot blonde there by the door. Um, there's a sign up there and you'll put your name and, and phone number on there. You will get to decide as the host. You'll get to decide what evening or day or whatever works for you. So you can say, you know, I'm in you know, Rush City Tuesday at 7 o'clock will work for me. And starting then in, in three weeks, we'll have a sign-up for everybody who's not in a group who wants to be in one. Or if you're in a group and you think, you know, I've been in this group for a while, I'm just going to switch up for a little bit. Try a different group. That's okay. Nobody's going to say, you're leaving my group. They won't say that. If they do, come talk to me. I'll, I'll talk to them. It'll be an opportunity, and it's only four weeks, so you're only making a four-week commitment, but you'll get to get in that smaller setting, and what we're going to do is a little bit different. It will be a sermon-based small group, so you won't watch a video, um, and here's what a host has to do. Host, think of host, H-O-S-T. You have to have a heart for people. That means it probably won't work real good if you, like, hate everybody. You have have to have a heart for people. You have to open your home. You have to serve a snack, some kind of snack and beverage. After the first week, you can also be the coordinator and have somebody else bring one. That's perfectly okay, too. And you have to be able to talk to people a little. What you'll get is you'll get a sheet that has questions on it. And everybody will have either been here Sunday and heard the message, or if they had to miss, they were sick or they were away, we get it up online as soon as we can on Sundays, usually by Sunday evening. Depends on how good the game is going. Sometimes by 12.30 the sermon's up because there ain't nothing on TV. So we'll just have to see today when it goes up. Um, but then you'll, the, if you didn't get to come on Sunday and hear it, you'll get a chance to listen to it before you go to the group. And the host is just going to simply ask questions. There'll be some fun icebreaker questions. And so it'll be a shorter group. So you're probably looking at, you know, between 45 minutes and an hour and a half. Something like that is, is what you'll be required to do. And worst case, you'll get to know a couple people. And have a good time. And so if you're interested at all in that, not right now, but when we dismiss, I'll announce it again. Go back to that table and sign up. We'll do that for a couple weeks. Um, And again, that will be the four um, weeks of November is when we're doing that series. So that's our contractual obligations. Now we will move on. We're in part four of a series. And I I don't know if anybody's having, getting anything out of this, but I got to say, I'm having a blast. I, in, 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 um, Studying heaven, there's very few things I like doing better than finding out where I'm going to be for the next billion years, and it's just exciting to find out. Um, Here's kind of the big thought. It's for today, but it's really for the whole series. What you believe about eternity determines how you live today. What you believe about eternity 
determines how you live today. If you, if you think we're just all here by random chance and nothing matters, you're going to live a certain way. Yeah, eat, drink, and be merry. Tomorrow we die, you know? But if you believe something different about eternity, you're going to live a different way today. That's what this series is about. Um, we talked a little about the, the, the who, the why, the how in heaven last week, just a little bit about the when and the where. But I thought you needed a little bit of the what today, because I think we need to hear this. Remember, we can't know it all, but we can know some. Last week, I did something last week I don't think I've ever done before, and we've been doing this for coming up on 13 years now, and what I did last week has been the most talked about thing that I ever did. And I want to say, really? I gave you a little taste of heaven last week. You remember? And I had so many comments on that. So I want to give you a little taste today. Remember, a taste is just something to whet our appetites. And so because heaven is about joy, I have almond joy today. Who, who, I don't see any hands. This, this side only got one. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If I see no hands, I get no candy. And no eyes were put out. It was a good day. Good day. All right. Those, little, those are fun size. And we joke about it. That's not fun size. Now some of you are thinking, you've got a bigger bag back there. <laughs> Just be patient. That kind of gives us a little taste. You, you taste a candy bar and it's like, but then you see, remember last week, you see the big candy bar and you think, ah, that's kind of what I want you to think of like heaven's going to be like. We get the most amazing pictures of heaven in the Bible. But we have to remember, we only know a little of it. It's just a taste. It's a glimpse of it. Remember, um, these are verses we've read already. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. We can't, in our wildest imaginations, imagine, but He gives us a little bit of information. He gives us a little to glimpse so that our imaginations can get fired up. In John 14, it says, Jesus said, remember, after a really difficult um, discussion with the disciples about them betraying him, about him dying, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And he was going to heaven. And, and Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And then Jesus says that famous verse in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. No one comes to the Father but through me. It's only by Jesus that we're able to, be, to, to, to know that heaven is our destination. And then in, in Revelation 21, we read this. Then I saw, John is writing this, and he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There was no longer any sea, and we'll get into that. There's still bodies of water and boats and all that stuff. But he says, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And if you want to remember what that imagery was like about the whole wedding ceremony thing and, and, and heaven, um, that's week one. It's online. Go back and listen to that so that you can catch up a little bit. Verse 3 says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. 
They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. There is a time coming when we will spend eternity with him, and it will be amazing. We can get little glimpses of it, but whatever we can imagine, it's going to be more than that. So I want to give you a little bit of the what today. And in order to do that, I'm going to do both a little bit of the negative and the positive. I want to talk about three misconceptions about heaven today. And in talking about those misconceptions, you'll get some of the positives so that you see those are misconceptions. Here's the first misconception about heaven. Heaven will be boring. I have heard that so many times from people. Do you know why most people think heaven is boring? Because the devil is a liar. He's a liar, and it said when he, when he talks, you know, you, can, you know how to tell when the devil's lying, his lips are moving. That's his native language, the Bible says. He's a liar. The devil was one of three archangels created by God, Michael, Gabriel, and he's also called Lucifer, the devil. Um, And he was kind of like the angel of worship, a big part to play in what happened in heaven, but it kind of went to his head. Pride took over, and he wanted to be like God. He wanted to have the same adoration that God had. He no longer wanted to point people to God. He wanted people to look at himself. And the Bible tells us God cast him down, and he lost heaven. That's not going to be his home any longer. And so what he tries to tell people then is, well, hell's not real and heaven's boring. And he has been doing that forever He's been lying to people and telling them it's boring. I want you to get a little bit of a picture and an image of what heaven's going to be like. Um, And we know that song, music, does that better than almost anything. So it's been a long time. It's been a number of years since I've played anything for you. Um, uh, Some of you say, played? You play? I said, like, all three of my kids play guitar. You know why that is? They got it from me. I can play this good. They're all like way up here, and that's okay, that's okay. But I haven't played a song for a while, so we kind of got to get in the mood so that you can hear this song, Um, and that's where the big bag comes in. Because in order to play, to get you the real picture of what's going on, I have to wear a robe. Because, you know, it says in heaven they have robes on. Now, when somebody says, does your pastor wear a robe? You can say, yes. (laughs) I feel like I need my slippers on. (laughs) If I had pajamas instead of jeans, I could go to Walmart right now (laughs) and just fit right in, couldn't I? But I'm sorry. (laughs) I want to play a little song for you to kind of get you a taste of heaven, get in the mood. So I'm not going to use a guitar today. I'm going to use the harp. Because we're talking about heaven, right? So I have a robe on and I have a harp and we're going to be able to play a song and and you'll kind of get the idea of what heaven's going to be like. Okay, ready? (laughs) 
Okay, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and this is way too hot. The, the robe is okay, but the jeans are what's going to be in heaven. That's what we're wearing in heaven is jeans, so just so that you know. Um, that song, that's like one of the most popular songs like in the history of the universe. Somebody was asking me about it because I did a little research on Stairway to Heaven. You know how much, this is as of like eight years ago, you know how much money Stairway to Heaven has made? Over $550 million dollars. Half a billion dollars on one song. And for a song that's like totally inaccurate in terms of how it presents heaven and how you get to heaven. Um, I, was talk, I was talking to Jay about it, and he said, are you going to mention the whole thing? When I was growing up, my pastor, if, if this would have been done in my church growing up, the pastor would have stood up and said, you're all going to hell. Because that music was horrible. Because at that time, they did a big thing on, they called it backmasking. They said, you know, if you play that song backwards, you know what it says. It talks about Satan and it talks about this. And I said, backwards, I don't even understand what it means forwards. <laughs> Is there a bustle in your hedgerow? Don't be alarmed now. It's just a spring clean for the May Queen. What does that mean? And what does it have to do with heaven? See, we get these false pictures of heaven from like everywhere. But a lot of them are from Satan because he wants us to think that it's boring. You get to heaven, you get a big line in the clouds. I was actually going to have clouds and smoke and stuff here, but I, that's like over the top. I'm not going to do that. But we get this picture. We line up in heaven. And we're lined up in the clouds. And when you get to the front, it's like Peter's there. Here's a robe. Here's your harp, you know. And then we play the harp. And for 10,000 years, it's this big, long, boring church service. And it's no wonder that nobody wants to think about heaven and that nobody wants to live their life with that on their mind all the time. Why do so many people think that heaven is boring? You know what I think? I think it's because so many people think God is boring. Because they don't know him. They think God is a killjoy. They've grown up thinking that God's up there in the sky just waiting to put his thumb on them. And waiting to yell at them. He's the one who robs us of all the fun. And they don't understand that the truth is he loves us more than we could ever imagine. And the things that he tells us, don't do that. It's like a parent. When you're a kid and you're about to put your hand on the stove, don't do that. Oh, he just wants to keep me from having fun. I'm going to do that. And you put your hand on the stove and you find out, I probably should have listened. You see, God's not this big killjoy robbing us of fun. And heaven is not boring. Heaven is actually the opposite of boredom because it is the absence of evil. And it's the very presence of God. If you think about it, Everything that you enjoy on earth comes from God. Everything you enjoy. He is the giver, the Bible says, of every good and perfect gift. I was reminded that again, of that again this morning. I, I, was, I was reading, I went into the kitchen, and the sun was just starting to come up. And one of the things I like about where I live is I can see the sunrise, and I can see the sunset. I love that. But watch the sun come up and how beautiful it was and the, the magnificence of the color. All of those things we see that are so amazing, that all comes from God. When you sit down and you have a great meal, you know where your taste buds came from, right? He could have made eating horrible. And he made it amazing. Our ability to see beauty like that sunrise came from him. The capacity for joy came from God to be able to love, to be able to laugh, 
And what we have now is a tainted picture of that because of the sin in the world. The the whole world, the very creation is marred by sin. Can you imagine how amazing it will be, all of those amazing things that we we do now and we really like, when the whole problem of sin is gone and when the problem of evil is gone because what you love and enjoy here on earth, you will love and enjoy in heaven except there will be no sin, no evil, no sorrow, no pain. All of the bad will be erased from that. And what we experience now, we'll realize it was just like the little fun-sized candy bar, the most amazing thing we experienced here. One of the things that I tell people is it's, it's nice to tell people if they're a believer. If they're not a believer, it's kind of scary to tell them, and that's this. Um, we can experience a little heaven on earth here. Good things happen. We also all understand that we can experience hell on earth here. Here's the thing. For those people who know Jesus... For those people who have accepted him as their savior, the hell on earth that they experience now, that is the only taste of hell they will ever have. But those people who don't know Jesus, the little bit of heaven they experience here on earth, that's all they get. There won't be any more. And so what we want to do is we want to live in expectancy of that to be able to bring as many people as we can along with us. Heaven is the opposite of boredom. It's the presence of God. He made all the great things. As I said, he's the giver of every good and perfect gift. So what I want to do today is I kind of want to try to show you a few different things from Scripture that we do know, that have been revealed to us, a little bit about what heaven will be like. And I've given you the verses in your notes. I'm not going to put them up on the screen. You can read them all later. Um, For the sake of time, I just want to give you some of the high points. And then you can go back and look at those later. What's going to happen in heaven? What is heaven going to be like? One of the things about it is we're going to know each other and we're going to love and be loved because love never fails. Love is one of the things that lasts forever. And when we get to heaven, we'll know each other, we'll recognize all those who know Jesus as Savior will be there. We will be there, we'll recognize each other. You'll get to see some of the most amazing people in history. It's like, I can't wait to walk... I think of the questions that I have now and they probably won't be very serious questions then, but I think now I want to walk up to Peter. And I want to say, what was it like to walk on water? What what was that like? I want to go up to Paul, and I've always wondered what his thorn in the flesh was. He said, I had this thorn in the flesh. I prayed, and God wouldn't take it from me. But because of his grace, you know, I can get through. I've always just assumed it was that he was bald, and that was a bad thing. (laughs) But I I don't know. I want to ask him what his thorn in the flesh was. Um, I have like a bazillion questions for Jesus, not the least of which is, When they brought that person to you that was caught in sin and you stooped down in the sand and wrote in the sand and one by one they left, what did you write? Because it wouldn't have told us he wrote something if it wasn't something significant. What did you write? And and maybe some of you ladies have had a little bit of difficulty in like childbearing. You'll want to make your way to Eve and say, what the heck? (laughs) What were you thinking when you did that? We will be reunited with loved ones who knew Jesus. You've lost a child, you've lost a friend, you've lost a loved one. When they knew Jesus, um, we will get reunited again. We'll be in a place where there's no more betrayal, there's no more hurt, there's perfect love because love is forever. 
That's what it says in 1 Corinthians 13. So we'll know one another, love and be loved. Also, heaven will be a place of unimaginable beauty. And I just, I talked to this, like, sunsets. Sunsets and sunrises are some of the most amazing things in the world. Like, to be on either on the West Coast or to be in Florida where you see the sunset over, like, the Gulf of Mexico or the ocean or something. How amazing is that? We look at that and it's like, that's just a little taste of what heaven's going to be like. And the implication is there's colors that we've never even dreamed of. And there's things that we'll see and we'll realize that we're coming into this season of fall. Okay, don't blink. It lasts about three days, so watch. The trees will be amazing. We'll see all this incredible stuff, and we think, this is just a little taste of what heaven's going to be like. The new sounds, the new taste, the new sensations, because everything we do and see and feel and experience today is, is tainted and marred by sin, and that will be gone, and we'll be able to see it as God created it, Imagine being able to see um, the, we see it today and we think it's so amazing. We see the mountains, you know, and you see the canyons and you see, um, you know, animals. It talks in the Bible, we'll talk about this later, it talks about animals being in there, but on a whole new level that we go to the zoo and they won't have to be caged up. It says the lion's laying down with the lamb. We'll be able to see all this amazing stuff. If you can imagine for whatever is for you, the most beautiful place on earth, the most amazing thing you've ever seen. And some of you are thinking cities, some of you are thinking countries, some of you are thinking mountains, some of you are thinking oceans. It can be a million different things. But whatever the most beautiful place that you've experienced on earth has been for you, that's just a little taste of what heaven's going to be. It's to keep us thinking about heaven instead of focusing on what's here. So it will be a place of unimaginable beauty. In heaven, you will see Jesus face to face. And the reason that nobody jumped up and cheered, and the reason that nobody's jaw dropped to the floor, is because most of us don't understand what that means. If you look throughout history in the Bible, they, it said you can't see God and live. You know, when God showed himself to Moses, it was kind of a weird thing. He like walked by and let him see his backside. <laughs> That's kind of weird. But he said, you can't see the full glory of God and live. In fact, there was a place in the, in the tabernacle and then in the temple called the Holy of Holies. And the priest would go in there once a year and there would be the sacrifice thing. And if, if there was anything that was not clean in him, if there was anything that was, that was hidden, if there was any reason he wasn't what he should have been when he walked in there, he would be struck dead. And so when he walked into the Holy of Holies, they had, they had a bell on him so that they could hear him fall, kind of like the fall thing on the new Apple Watch. You know, you fall, oh, he's fallen. It calls 911. They didn't have 911, so they put a bell on him and they tied a rope around his leg because if he died, they couldn't go in and get him. Then they'd die. Be a whole mess of dead people in there. So they would just pull him out by the rope because God was so holy. They couldn't even come into his presence if there was any little thing. And so there is coming a day when I get to stand before him face to face. And the reason is because the sin that's marring this life, this existence, this body, will be gone. I will see his glory. And here's what I believe. 
When you see, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've accepted Jesus as Savior, trusted for, what, for, for the fact that what he did on the cross paid for your sin, if you've experienced that, come into a relationship with God through Jesus, when you see him in heaven, I believe with all my heart, you will realize that that is the first moment that you ever truly lived. And you won't even be able to put it into words. For me, one of the most amazing things about heaven next to that is you will have new and perfect bodies. Can I get an amen? Amen. My goodness. So many things happen. So many bad things happen. So many things deteriorate and go away and we have all these issues. That won't be an issue in heaven. My mom who got sick and not only did her body fade away, but her mind faded away. And she went to heaven a couple years ago. I will get to see her again. Well and whole. Perfect in every way. She'll probably mess with me. And she'll say, I don't recognize you. (laughs) But that's just who she is. All of the issues that we have, those issues will be gone. For instance, you got a receding hairline? Full head of hair in heaven. It says everybody's perfect. It could also mean that you'll all be bald, but (laughs) we'll just have to wait and see. But we know that the imperfections are corrected. It tells us in Isaiah, he will open the eyes of the blind, unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. The limitations will be gone. That stuff that's happened because we live in this broken world will be corrected. Heaven is also the absence of everything, bad, painful, and evil. And it's the presence of everything, good and holy and glorious. Based on my study of heaven, one of the things that happens there that not everybody gets right away, they don't understand it right away, is it appears that we will have jobs. Now, some of you, when you hear that, think, well, that's cool. And some of you are like, because of the job you have now. Or, or jobs you've had, we will have the glory of working for Jesus, of having a job in a way that we enjoy and love more than we can ever imagine. Because we're created to do that. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden were given jobs to do, but it wasn't like, oh, i got to go to work today. It wasn't like that. It was because of how they were shaped. It won't be a curse. It'll be a blessing like it was originally intended. So you think of things that you are really passionate about today. And and that passion that you have for those things, that comes to you because of God. And you'll probably get to do that in some capacity in heaven. For some people, it will be gardening. Like for me, that would be close to hell because that's not my thing. And some of you think, oh, I would absolutely love that. Some of you are finally going to be able to sing in heaven. And I'm excited about that. It will be an interesting (laughs) worship service. We will be able to build in heaven and create in heaven. In fact, we talked about the New Jerusalem and we all get a home in the city. It also talks, and we'll get into this, it also talks about you get to build your home in the country. You you can do that in heaven because those desires and passions that he's given us, those things are given us by him. And we get to rule and reign with him and experience those things. Here's the thing. Whatever you can imagine, heaven is better. And I got a pretty good imaginer. 
And so I am just, I am excited about that. What will you not find in heaven? There will be no more death. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more sickness, no fear, no stress, no anxiety, no sleepless nights. There will be no betrayal, no abuse, no heartache, no divorce, no disease, no violence, no injustice, no racism, no having to get up three times in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, no more bad breath, no more Mondays. The things that we struggle with today, those things will be gone. And I say, boring? Heaven is the opposite of boring because it's the absence of evil and it's the presence of God. The first misconception about heaven is boring. The second misconception about it is that this present world as it is, is our home. Too many people think, this is it. This is all there is. And so I'm going to live like this is all there is. Unfortunately, many Christians think that same thing. And they just focus on this place. Paul, in, in writing to the church at Philippi, he's writing to them, and he's writing to people who either don't know Jesus or people who aren't living like they know Jesus. And he says this in Philippians 3, 19 and 20. Their mind is set on earthly things. What matters now? What I have. What I look like. Where I go. How I dress. What I own. What I wear. Where I live. This is what matters. This is what's of most concern right now. My bank account. Your opinion of me. This world is what matters. That's what they said. And then talking to those who know Jesus, verse 20, he says, but... Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus. You see, the people who focus only on this life don't eagerly await a savior from heaven. They don't realize their citizenship is in heaven. They're here and now, and that's all. And, I, and it's so sad. Because this life is a mist. It's like, the Bible says, like a vapor. It's here for a moment, and then it's gone. It's like when I saw that sunrise this morning. I looked out the window and I opened up the curtains and I see this amazing sunrise and I went back um, in. I wanted my coffee. And I went back into the other room. I grabbed my coffee. I walked back. By the time it took me to do that, and it's not a big house, the colors were gone. And I think how, how that is so much like life. We think that this, what we have, lasts forever. And it doesn't. It's like a vapor. I want, I want to do... I've done this a long time ago, but I want to do this to illustrate something for you. I'm not leaving. Don't worry. Um, I just got to get something. You got to use your imaginations a little bit here. I have my rope. And this rope is... stretches on forever. Okay, you have to use your imagination a little bit. It really doesn't go on forever. But this rope... I could just keep walking and this rope goes back into that window and then it goes back on forever. And I want you to think of this rope for a minute and I want you to realize that this rope represents a timeline of your existence. This is your existence, okay? On, and it goes on forever. On this end, there's a little piece of duct tape 
bland, boring duct tape. I want you to use your imagination and realize, could you imagine, how did he die? He tripped over a harp. (laughs) That's not the way I want to go. You look at this little piece here. This represents the time we have here on earth. This is a timeline of your existence, and it goes beyond what you could ever imagine, but this is our time here on earth. This point right here for me, this is 1957. And I know some of you are doing the math and think, holy crap, is he old. Yes, you know what that means? I'm closer to heaven. So this is where I started here, and I don't know what the date is on this end here. I don't want to know the date on this end here. But so far, it's been 62 years. We don't know how much beyond that is. This is for those of you who can't do math. I needed to tell you how old I was. So I look along this line and I realize very right, right in about here is where I actually met Jesus. And I, I, I like to say I found him, but he wasn't lost. I was. He found me. And I began my relationship with him, and I have been walking with him and learning um, uh, more about him, loving him more. And and I've been been trying to... I'm tripping over my life. And I've been trying to, to spend my time doing that. But I look at this, and here's what people do. I have had people tell me that I've made stupid decisions because I've thrown away things for retirement, and I've done some things that they look at that, and they say, that's really stupid. And I look at them, and I say, well, you're really stupid. You know how many people spend this much of their life totally focused on this? I'm going to spend this much of my life so that I can have a little bit better vacation here, so that I can have a little bit nicer place to stay, so that I can eat a little bit better here. And they spend their whole life thinking about this little thing. And I look at that and I say, that's not really that smart. Do we plan ahead? Yes. Do we do wise things with money? Yes, we do. But if that's our focus, then we're focused too much on here and not on here. Because what I want to focus on is this is a vapor. This disappears quickly. I want to focus on this because you realize this little section that you have, however long that is, that's where you decide where this is going to be in heaven or hell. And according to many of the things Jesus said, you also, based on what you do here, determines a lot of what this is going to be like for you. And yet, we focus all on this little thing and we worry so much about it. The most important thing about this is that this is our one chance. It's our one chance to know God. And then we face him. And we spend eternity with him in heaven or we spend eternity without him in hell. We don't get another chance here. This is it. So my question is, what are you looking forward to? Are you so concerned with this that you forgot about all of this? Am I spending this short time I have looking forward to and preparing for the eternal part? Because that's what I need to do. I want you to remember three words. It's your Greek lesson today. You get three Greek words today. This is, um, Paul said this in Philippians 1.18. Some people were um, 
Well, they were kind of preaching the gospel. They were doing it a way that was harming him while he was in prison. And Paul was thinking back on the difficult things he went through and how even while he was in prison for Jesus, there were bad things happening. And in Philippians 1.18, in the Greek, Paul says these three words. He says, tis gar plen. Say that with me. Tis gar plen. In fact, it's up there. Tis gar plen. I want you to remember that because I want you to have the ability to be able to say that on a regular basis. Here's what it means. So what? So what? What does it matter? We get all bent out of shape when things happen. Somebody pulled out in front of me. And we get all mad for days because some little bad thing happened. And it's like, that's a little speck here. It's nothing compared to this. Paul says, tiskar plan. So what? What does it matter? Why let it destroy what we have here? and possibly mess up what we have here, what does it matter? So many of the things that we think, something happens and it can be a big thing. And we can think, oh, this is the end of the world. And it's like, is it going to matter in 100 years? No, then it shouldn't probably matter a whole lot now. So many things we get bent out of shape won't even matter a month from now or a week from now. And yet we let it rob us of our joy. And that's because we're focused on the wrong thing. We're focused on this instead of this. So I want you to be thinking, Tiskar plan. So what? What does it matter in light of eternity? In 2 Corinthians, Paul says this, verse 18, um, chapter 4, for the things we see now, that's anything here. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see last forever. The things we don't even focus on last forever. And so we need to stop focusing so much on the things we can see now and realize there's a bigger picture for us. That brings us to the third misconception about heaven. Most people are going to heaven anyhow. The latest poll that I saw from Pew Research said 72% of Americans believe in heaven. They define it as a place where people who have led good lives are eternally rewarded. We talked about that. Remember the good old meter? If you go listen to the first few messages in this sermon, good people don't go to heaven. You can't be good enough. Good people don't go to heaven. You know who goes to heaven? Forgiven people. Because sin is the absence of evil, the absence of sin, the absence of all that bad. And I have that in my life too much. I can't go to heaven. I don't deserve heaven. But Jesus said, I'm the way. Because of what he did, I can get into heaven on his ticket. I can be forgiven. I, heard, I saw a cartoon last week. Um, it was like some angel or old saint or something talking to God and it just reminded me of when we did Stairway to Heaven and, and he said to God why did you make a stairway to heaven but a highway to hell and God says I was just anticipating traffic flow <laughs> that's kind of sad but true because the way to hell is wide and Jesus said there is only one way to heaven and that's through me Here's what Romans 3 says. For everyone has sinned. Does that mean I've sinned? 
Yes, Julie, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> she knows. Does that mean the Pope has sinned? Does that mean Billy Graham has sinned? Does that mean everyone has sinned? You've sinned and I've sinned. We, we know that. We get that. Okay? How many of you in here ever told a lie? Look around. If, if somebody's hand's not up, you're, just say liar, liar, pants on fire, because we know that they've lied. That's sin that can't get into heaven. Because everybody has sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Verse 24 is where the hope comes in though. Yet God, in His grace, those words will echo through eternity for me. I know me, yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. How does He do that? He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God, and get this, when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life shedding his blood. It has nothing to do with being good. It has nothing to do with being religious. It has nothing to do with cleaning your life up. It has nothing to do with going to church. It has everything to do with coming to know Jesus who died for you and gave his life for you. And when we believe that he died on that cross giving us the opportunity to accept what he did as payment for our sin, that's when we come into a relationship with God and we become a child of God. And you say, that's too simple. It is for us. It wasn't for him. All we have to do is believe. What I want to do in this series on heaven, the, the, main thing, the main thing is two things. The first is relieve fear. And the second is increase urgency. I want to relieve fear because I don't want people living with the fear of death. I know it bugs people in my family that I'm not scared of death. And I'm not scared because I know what's coming. I'm excited. Do I want to die? No. I'd like this to last as long as possible. That's good. I like it here. But I'm not scared of death. And I don't want anybody living with that fear. And I want to increase your urgency because here's the thing. Everybody dies. And we think this person lived uh, 40 years, but this person lived 100 years. You know, that's not fair. And it's like, okay, when you look at all of this whether it was a few years or 40 years or 60 years or 100 years, that's irrelevant when it comes to eternity. I want your urgency to be, I know Jesus and I'm going to heaven and I want to take as many people with me as I can. And I want to live like I know about it. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians. Where, O death, is your victory? So I don't want you to be scared of it. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The truth is, it can be gone because of what Jesus did. We don't have to be afraid. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's all through Jesus. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. We keep doing it because we know that it's going to pay off in eternity. And we don't focus on this little bit now. And we don't listen to what we hear in this little bit now. We focus on eternity. 
because you don't have to live in fear of death. But you do have to have an urgency for what's coming next. So there are some of you here that maybe one of your big misconceptions was that you thought you were going to heaven because you were a good person. I didn't kill anybody. At least I didn't kill anybody who didn't deserve it. And, and I think I should go there because I'm not a bad person. And that has nothing to do with anything. Maybe today for the first time you've heard that it only is a result of a relationship with Jesus. And so what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the opportunity. I'm going to pray in a minute. And while I'm praying, um, and then after that, during our closing song, if you would like to know more about that, if you would like to meet Jesus, I'm going to ask you to go to that back room where Dylan waved. Dylan's right there. In that back room, somebody will meet you there and pray with you in that room. And you could leave today knowing for sure your eternal destiny and knowing Jesus. Because I don't want anybody to answer the question, are you going to heaven when you die? I hope so. That's, that, that eternity is way too long for that. You can know today where you're going. Let me pray. Father, I know that there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people here that have already stepped across that line from unbelief to belief. They've claimed Jesus as Savior. They trusted that what he did on the cross paid for their sins. And even though they didn't fully understand it, they gave their lives to him and you changed them radically from the inside out. I know, Father, that there's people listening to this who haven't had that experience with you yet. And my prayer is they would realize it's not about church. It's not about religion or rules or regulations or requirements or about being good. It's about a relationship with you through your son, Jesus. Believing that you sent him to die for us and receiving him as your personal savior. Asking him to come in and transform from the inside out. And my prayer, Father, is that nobody listening to this today would let that go one more day. We know, Father, that we don't know how much time we have here. We know it's limited. We know it's short. And I pray that we would be able to live here without the fear of death and with that urgency and expectation of a glorious heaven with you. Father, thank you. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand for the closing song. I'm excited to be in heaven. I like it here. I'm going to stay here as long as I can, but I'm excited to go. I want all of you with me. I want you anticipating it and looking forward to it. You know, we did a little fun thing with Stairway to Heaven, and I said that it's not the, like the best theological song. You know what I like best about that song that reminds me of heaven? It starts like this, because this is what we know, and it starts like this, and it's fun, and all of a sudden, it does this. And it gets a little bigger and we think, oh my goodness, this is really cool. And then it does this and it gets even more amazing. You go YouTube it if you haven't listened to Stairway to Heaven. Um, you can go listen to it. But it just builds and unfolds. And you know what I think? I think that's a lot of what heaven is going to be like. Just when we think we've seen it all, we're going to go, oh, and we're going to see what God has for us. I want to increase your urgency and your expectation for it. I want to relieve your fear. And I want you to be asking, am I spending this short time I have looking forward to and preparing for eternity? If you've never met Jesus and you want to meet him today, don't leave without doing that. Stop into that room. Somebody will be there to, to pray with you. We don't have all the answers. We're in this together. We're better together 
on this journey. And so in the back is a sign-up. Because we're better together, in the month of November, we're going to get as many people we can into small groups, into our journey groups, because we're on this journey together. And we're going to learn a little bit from each other. We're going to have a good time. We're going to meet some new people. And we're going to see that we truly are better together. So you can sign up in the back um, for that on your way out for the next couple weeks. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for loving us enough to not leave us where we were, but sending your son to die on the cross to pay for sin, to pay for our sin, not his, so that by believing you and receiving Jesus as our Savior, we could come into this relationship with you and, and heaven can be ours because of Jesus. I pray, Father, for anyone who has not yet stepped across that line that today would be the day that they do that. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.